Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I would have product people tell me, okay, so design this. And I'd be like, well what if it did this instead? Or is that really the best way to solve this problem? What if we did this? And so my supervisors were very open to me experimenting with things. And that's how my um, journey into UX really got started. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast coming at you from Los Angeles. Yes, in about a month, I'll be in New Zealand, but right now I'm still in LA in the Santa Monica Sound Studio, and I get to interview the fabulous Amanda. Hi. So Amanda, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about the company you work for. Sure. My name is Amanda Conrad. I am the Director of Platform Product Management at Truex. Truex is an advertising technology company, and we are all about making ad experiences online that are better, that, you know, um, appreciate your time online and don't suck. And that (laughs) is basically, you know, it's pretty hard challenge these days, but I think we're doing a pretty good job. I love that. Ads that appreciate your time that don't suck. Yeah. So (laughs) what I mean by that is we give all of our ads, they're full. First of all, they're fully interactive. So they're not just yelling at you. You get to interact with the brand. Um, And because we're asking for more interaction and time from our consumers, our viewers, we give them something in return. So it might be an ad-free episode of a show or it could be some, you know, a currency that you use in a social game or it could be pop rocks. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, so we're, I mean, it, potentially it could be something in the physical world. We, um, so I don't know if you're familiar with Twitch, but that's yeah. kind of in the realm of what, where that could end up going is, what we're doing with Twitch is um, you interact with one of our ads, you earn Twitch bits, and then you are able to donate those bits to streamers that you like. Tell and us they a can little actually bit about, use that uh, you know, as money. Tell us a little bit about Twitch for those of us that don't know Twitch. Oh, so Twitch is um, actually am not like a Twitch person, but they're one of our um, clients. So I know that much, a little bit about them. So they are a online streaming video game uh, site so people log on and watch um, other people playing their favorite video games and they can comment and donate them twitch bits which they earned by interacting with ads so yeah it's kind of a cool new way of kind of giving back to the community the community has really um, responded great by it and they seem to really enjoy 
that aspect of it. It's better than, you know, you can also get out your wallet and pay the streamer $5, but um, you could also earn that money by interacting with an ad and advertisers like it because they know that a human is on the other end interacting with their brand for a certain amount of time. Um, So it's kind of a win, win, win. And that's how we think about things at Truex is is for a product has to be good for the consumer, the advertiser and the publisher. In this case, it's Twitch. Um, So Twitch is making more money from those ads than they would from a traditional video ad or display ad. So making the experience all around better for everybody. And so. what what is your specific role at Truex? Yeah. So I was actually hired four years ago as a UI UX designer, just a consultant, um, came in to do some platform redesign. And um, I had some product management background as well. They needed product management help. So it kind of worked out perfectly. Came on full time in June of 2014. And then um, really the product management group at Truex was just me for a while and building out features on our ad server. So those really high quality um, and fully interactive ads that we have require pretty specific integrations into our publishers and um, specific ads as well. And so we have a whole ecosystem that we had to develop. And that's what the platform product side of our product management team that I lead deals with. So we're focused on the advertisers and making sure that um, the ads are, you know, flighted and delivered and the targeting is right and all those things. And when did your journey into UX start? When did you first realize that you were passionate about that side of the industry? Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because I went to school for graphic design and I was pretty sure that I didn't want anything to do with the web. This was in 2009. So I didn't have a lot of choices when I graduated. And I kind of just took the first job. But I really wanted to do editorial <laughs> books, magazines, those right. like old styles of communication. Um, and I got a job as a web designer. And I actually fell in love with it because of all the rules about what you can and can't do on the web at that time. Like there was only 12 typefaces that you could use and that's it. And so I was like, okay, well that makes my job kind of easier, but also more challenging. Um, And so then from UX or from web design, went to interface design and UX and kind of, I'm really curious person and kind of don't like other people telling me what to do. And so um, I guess in my, in my job life. And so I was just, I would have product people tell me, okay, so design this. And I'd be like, well, what if it did this instead? Or is that really the best way to solve this problem? What if we did this? And so my bosses were like, my supervisors were very open to me experimenting with things. And that's how my um, journey into UX really got started is testing things myself and working with developers very closely um, to work out you know, on the whiteboard, like, what's the best way to solve this problem? And I actually got more and more and more passionate about the experience and less about the way that it, like, the visuals came together. I could also see, like, the way that my my career path growing was to be more of a strategic thinker behind the product instead of the executor of the pixels moving in a certain place. I thought that was easier for um, newer up-and-coming designers to do while I kind of worked on the strategy side of things and the UX and the experience and 
why something might be good financially, but was a bad user experience or vice versa, a good user experience, but wouldn't um, be good for the business. And so that all led into product being kind of the ultimate, more most strategic place to be. And so now I work with UX and UI designers um, and other product managers and um, engineers to kind of realize all of that under, you know, what the business needs are. And what, what would you say is an obstacle that you've overcome successfully? Huh. Um, I think one thing that may have been an obstacle, but I maybe wasn't aware enough to know it, <laughs> was I always hear people talking about how do you, um, you don't have a tech background, like a technical background. Yeah. Uh, how, can, how do you bridge the gap with the engineers you work with? You're, I love that. And I don't even think about it because the engineers that I work with, the technical people that I work with, have never made me feel stupid for asking a question. And I think we both understand that there are things that they're good at that I'm not good at. And there's a lot of things that I'm good at that they're not good at. And so they can't write, you know, a proposal. They don't know how to structure, you know, releases. They are don't right. understand the context if you're trying to come up with a marketing brief they sh- and they shouldn't they know their thing really well and they do it really well and they um leave the rest to me and so i've never really come across the situation where my lack of knowledge about a certain technical thing technical you know um capabilities around the product has really hurt me. I will ask them, I'll ask the engineer that I'm working with to like explain something. I'll a lot of times repeat it back to them to make sure I understand. And they enjoy talking about it. I've never met an engineer who's like, doesn't like talking about the thing that they code in. Right, right. Right. They're so happy to like, let me take you out to lunch because I need to learn and understand this better. So like, oh, great. Yeah, let's talk about it. And um, so that's that's never really been a something. That, and I actually think that it does me better. I think it's really good that I don't have that background because I have a background in something that's um, so creative. And so we kind of are that yin and yang of like, well, here's what we want to do. Right. This really huge idea. Help me bring it to life. And they show me all the ways that I'm not thinking about technical limitations and I push them to think bigger and like, well, what if we had to do this? Yeah. Okay. Well, if we had to do this, then I would hack this thing and then we'd have to get this installed and we'd integrate here. Like, okay, cool. How long would that take? (laughs) And, you know, or, you know, okay, well, that is crazy. Let's dial it back a bit. And so it's a really collaborative um, environment. And maybe I've just been really you know, um, fortunate working at really great places with engineers who are super cool. But I really do think that it's probably um, a thing, something that we tell ourselves that keeps us back is like, oh, well, I have to learn how to code. I mean, I thought that too. Like I signed up for coding boot camps and I failed all of them and I never finished because I just don't like it. It's not the way my brain works. And so um I would much rather leave that to people who know how to do it and like doing it while I go tackle a different problem that is totally valid and something that needs to be worked on, but is not in like that technical coding language. 
Um, it's more market driven or more user driven. Right. Um, or more visual. That's kind of my, I guess, um, secret sauce is that I just I'm a really great communicator. And so with, when you can do that, you can like, kind of work with everybody. And you were talking about before you got into the studio today that you've been reading a book. Yeah. That I think everybody would. Sure. It's really called Wonderland. Yeah. It's by Steven Johnson. Um, I got it as a birthday gift. My birthday was just a few weeks ago. Happy birthday. Thank you. And um, yeah, it's all about how technical or not even technical, but just like how the world was changed because of inventions that came about after from play and pleasure. So they talk about music and how that was really, you know, the first time we, like music is like the first code. If you think about it, is we're communicating an idea with not like language, with like this musical code. They talked about how um, the computer programming was started from Jacquard's um, fabric loom. And he created this, these cards that were programmable. And so instead of buying a new loom every time you needed a new fabric pattern, you could just program your own patterns by changing out the cards. And that's pretty revolutionary. And you can see how that translates to like where we are today. Um, so it's, yeah, it was, it's a really good book. I'm still halfway through. Um, but so far, so good. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And how can people connect with you? Yeah. So I think the easiest is just amanda at truex.com. I'm on it all the time. And I like email still. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> email works. I, it, I, just, it just does. Cool. Thank you for hanging yeah. out with the Women in Tech podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This episode of the Women in Tech show is powered by UpGuard. UpGuard's discovery engine brings visibility to complex IT environments, enabling teams to quickly identify risk, confirm compliance, and make business safer. They are proud supporters and employers of incredible women in tech. The Women in Tech podcast is an independent production funded by you, the community. To support women in tech, if you believe in the vision as much as we do, please consider going to womenintechpodcast.com. That's womenintechpodcast.com and just click on the contribution link to keep this podcast going. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.